Hi everyone, welcome to Christ Community Church Online. Thanks for tuning in to service this weekend. I'm Sam. And I'm Trisha, and we'll be your weekend service hosts. In just a few moments, we are gonna jump into worship and we're gonna hear a great message from Pastor Daryl. We are so excited about spending church with you today. As we get going here, feel free to use the chat feature throughout the service as an icebreaker. Please let us know who you are and where you are coming from. Just this past week, we had people watching from Missouri, Colorado, Virginia, Arizona, and so much more. Wow, that is amazing. We've had so many people from all of these different places, and they're coming together to be a part of our online church. So before we get started, we have a few announcements as we get ready to go. First, starting this Monday, October 19th, we have a 23-hour of prayer event that focuses on Psalm 23, which is a psalm of peace amidst a storm. Between the economic recession, face masks, fires, hurricanes, protests, and now an election, we're tired and fatigued. But what we desperately need is peace. So if you'd like to sign up for a time slot to pray, you can do so at the link on our prayer page. We also encourage you to pray during the time slot that you sign up for throughout the week. Prayer is so important during these times of uncertainty, and so we really hope that you can join us. Well, Christ Community Church is participating in what's called Spirit Days this week. And for those of you who haven't heard about Spirit Days yet, it's simply 10 days of service in Rochester filled with events and encouragement to promote unity. And we are hosting two events that we're encouraging our congregation to get involved in, in addition to trying to inspire additional acts of kindness that you all can do on your own. Our first event is with The Landing, which is an organization that encourages Rochester's homeless to reach a point of security and stability. We're having a donation drive this weekend on Saturday, October 17th from 5 to 7, and on Sunday, October 18th from 9 to noon. You can help us as winter approaches by donating stocking caps, waterproof gloves, and warm socks. And we have donation bins at doors 1, 2, and 3, so you can easily drop off your items there. And if you can't make it this weekend or want to stay in your car and social distance, we're also having a drive-through donation drop-off this Thursday, October 22nd from 4 to 6 p.m. Our second event is all about staff appreciation at Gibbs Elementary, and we're doing a sign parade as staff walk into school on Friday, October 23rd from 7.30 to 8.15 in the morning. And with that, we are in need of some sign makers. So if you enjoy anything artsy or fun or need a project for the kids at home, go ahead and reach out to Kristen Risser for more details at krisser at cccrochester.org. This is a great way to extend our appreciation to the neighborhood school staff and support them this week. We hope that you can join us. At Christ Community Church, we believe that every child is a gift from God, and we have an opportunity for you to share in that belief coming up soon. We're having our Child Dedication Weekend on Saturday and Sunday, November 14th and 15th during service. This is a wonderful tradition where we get to recognize and celebrate parents publicly declaring their commitment to teach their kids the importance of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah, and you can register for child dedication on the kids page of our website. So registration closes on November 1st, so be sure to sign up soon. Mark your calendars for our Creating Hope for Cambodia virtual fundraiser. That's right, Sam, this event is virtual. Uh, this event will be entirely online and it's on Friday and Saturday, November 13th and 14th. Our vendor sites will go live at 4 p.m. on Friday and close at midnight on Saturday so you can shop in your pajamas. And even though this fundraiser is looking a little bit different this year, this fundraiser is still filled with incredible vendors, merchandise, donations, opportunities, and so much more. So be sure to check out our social media and website in the upcoming weeks for exciting updates and more information about this event. As we get ready to worship, we just want to remind you that this is an opportunity to lean in and participate. So if you can, we invite you to stand to your feet, put your hands together, and let's worship Jesus. Hey church, wherever you're at today, let's just stand together as we worship our God. And I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. 
praise and treasures of faith are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing, oh, better than you, Lord. There's nothing, nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid. Show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley.
Father, there is truly no one like you. We're just so thankful that we can put all of our trust in you. We can put all of our hope in you, God. Because there's nothing in this world that we can put our hope in, but we can put all of our hope and trust in you, God, because you are good and you are so faithful to us, Father. As we continue to worship you today by going into your word, Lord, I pray that you just open up our hearts and our minds to you. The distractions that are going on around us in this world, God, will just, just be taken away and we can just focus solely on you, God. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, welcome to Christ Community Church Online. What an incredible time of worship that was. I'm Sam. And I'm Trisha. Thank you so much for tuning in. Part of Christ Community's DNA is sending and supporting missions around the world to live out our mission of restoring our broken world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can join us in this and worship through your giving. We invite you to take an opportunity to click the give link on the screen. We are grateful for your generosity. If you're new to joining us, thank you for tuning in to our online church experience today. We are thrilled to welcome you to our church. We invite you to take a moment to fill out our online connection card. It's a great way to help you get connected here at Christ Community Church. Just click the connect link on your screen or in the Facebook post, or you can click the request prayer button and one of our service hosts would be happy to get connected to you that way. We're continuing to pray for each of you and we would love to join with you today in lifting up your specific needs and praises. We can be confident that God hears us when we come before him. Yeah, and if you would like prayer at any time during our service, our hosts are available on our streaming service through the request prayer feature. There are many opportunities to receive prayer throughout the week too. And you can check these out in the prayer section of our website. Thanks again for tuning into Christ Community Church Online. Now here's the message from Daryl. under pressure. The measure of a man in storms and bad weather. The ability to see clearly as a fire grows hotter, only to act as a faith purifier. And much like a diamond buried deep in the earth, it is the pressure that we face that reveals our faith's worth. So when your strength begins to fail you, there is grace for your need. He is waiting, open-handed, and His grace is free. Grace under pressure. Hi, Christ Community Church. I'm coming to you from the Holden household because Marie and I were in close contact this last week with someone who's tested positive for COVID. So we are in quarantine. We're both feeling fine, no symptoms, doing well and all that. We have um, seven pounds of our favorite coffee six jars of our favorite salsa, four bags of our favorite chips. Um, so we are doing all right. Um, I think we're gonna need to social distance from the pantry, but other than that, we'll, uh, we'll be all right for these next several days. I wanna say a very public thank you to the staff and leadership of our church. Uh, Marie and I found out on Tuesday afternoon that uh, we had been exposed and um, our team has flexed and rallied and a lot of people have gone to a lot of effort to make this possible from our basement and so i wanted to just make sure that i thank those people who have they've taken on extra work and done extra things this week so that uh, we can bring this contactless delivery um, for those of you who are online it's same as always but for those of you who are worshiping in person this week um, really grateful for your flexibility as well. There have been a lot of things that we have had to change and um, move, and there's been some back and forth. And you guys have just rolled with that, both in person and online church. I'm really grateful that we get to be part of a church that's flexible like you are. It helps the gospel move forward as long as we're willing to flex and do what's necessary uh, in these days. So because I'm in quarantine, um, here are a few things that are mildly funny, maybe, about these circumstances. Some great advice I've gotten 
every few days try on your jeans because pajama pants can lead you astray. Um, given what's in our pantry right now, probably need to do that. Um, on Friday, I'll get to take the garbage out. I'm very excited. I'm already thinking about what I'm gonna be wearing when I get to go outside for the garbage. And we're hoping the weather is nice on Sunday after church because we're taking a little trip to La Bac Patio. <laughs> Just, and I think I'm understanding why our dog gets so excited about walks and car rides and seeing something moving outside. By yesterday afternoon, I was on the verge of barking at a squirrel too. Um, so some of those are almost funny. What really made me laugh um, on Tuesday when I got the news that we were going to need to quarantine was the irony of the message for this week. We're in this series we're talking about grace under pressure and um, how God ministers His grace and His peace to us in difficult circumstances and how we can minister His grace and peace to the people who are around us. And uh, this week I want to talk with you about experiencing grace together. I almost laughed out loud when I thought I'm going to be in a season of isolation and talking with you about being together. And um, I'm really excited about this message. I'm really excited about the things that we're going to learn together. I'm really excited about the word of encouragement to you as we pursue uh, grace and peace together and get to minister grace and peace together. We've actually been the, the beneficiary of this. Marie and I are part of a life group uh, here at our church. And our life group has served us and ministered to us in this season of, um, of quarantine. And so we've received grace and peace from God's people, and it's been a huge blessing to us. So I want to talk with you about how we can receive grace and peace and abundance from um, the first part of chapter, last part of chapter one, first part of chapter two from First Peter. We're making our way through uh, some of the major themes of this little letter that we know. And so I'm just holding on to that first prayer that's prayed for the people who read this book. May grace and peace be yours in abundance. And so we're going to talk about experiencing grace and peace together because when pressure comes, our natural instinct kind of kicks in. It depends on your personality and how you are, but but we we tend to we tend to isolate and we tend to separate from each other. We tend to we tend to get in fights and arguments that we wouldn't normally fight or argue, and that's because of the pressure that's being put on us from the outside. Those are our natural instincts. We see that going on in our culture today. Uh, maybe you're experiencing some temptation in that and you see yourself engaging in some of that too. But today I want to talk with you about maybe some supernatural instincts. And so as I talk about these things, maybe you're going to say, oh yeah, I've been feeling that a little bit, whether you've been acting on it or not, but you've been feeling this supernatural instinct. This is something that God the Holy Spirit is producing inside of you that will lead you towards experiencing grace and peace together. And so to do this, I'm going to give you four things today that... Um, that will help us experience grace and peace together. And um, these things are necessary. They're required for us. So I want to read to us. Um, the first one is from 1 Peter chapter 1, <clears throat> excuse me, starting in verse 22. Peter makes a statement. He says, Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have a sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. And that is a, like, that's just our first point, first habit, is to love one another deeply from the heart. He starts, this little, um, he starts this little encouragement to us with the phrase, now that you've purified yourself by obeying the truth. Uh, at first, I've grown to love that phrase now, but at first I did not love that phrase because it, it made it sound like I had to do something for myself. I had to purify myself. And I spent a lot of time in the early years of my life trying to purify myself, trying to make myself acceptable before God. And I know that I can't do that. I know it doesn't work. And so I struggled with this and really wrestled with this little phrase. And now I think I understand it. And, and I've grown to love it. I mean, he makes this statement here to, to purify yourselves by obeying the truth. And I just have, I have held on to that statement there of obeying the truth. I don't have to write the truth. I don't have to create the truth. I don't have to craft the truth. I am not the author of what is true. My responsibility is to be obedient to the truth, to say yes to that truth, to come under that truth. And in, in my yes, there is a purification, a spiritual purification that happens to me. It just helps me to think about it this way. If you were if you were covered in mud and grime and, and you're just kind of wiping yourself, trying to clean yourself off, 
what you end up doing is you just smear that mud and that grime around. There's no real cleaning that happens there. But if somebody were to say to you, hey, go get in that shower over there, and you went and you got in the shower, and the water comes on. And as the water is on, you, you're wiping yourself, but instead of, instead of smearing the dirt and the grime around, it's actually being washed off of you. Um, you didn't clean yourself. What you did was you said, you said yes to the water. You put yourself in a position where, where you could be cleaned, where you could be purified. And, and that's what we're being encouraged to do here. People who are obedient to the truth. And if you read back in chapter 1 a little bit, the truth that, this, that these verses are talking about, in verse 12, it calls it the gospel, about this good news that Jesus has come from heaven to rescue us from our sins. He, he gave His life on the cross. He died in our place. And by faith in Him, we can receive grace and mercy and forgiveness and eternal life, putting our confidence in His death and His burial and His resurrection from the dead. And then a little later in chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, it says, You know, and this is, just, this is truth, you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. And there's just this big yes to who Jesus is. He's, he's God's sacrifice for our sins. And it is His blood that has redeemed and rescued us and set us free. And so we're people who say yes to that. And as we say yes to that, what happens for us, according to verse 22, is that we have a sincere love for each other. And as we're saying yes to what He has done for us, we get this sincere, it looks like God plants this, this love, this family kind of love for each other into us. And because we have been given this sincere family kind of love, then there's those words of encouragement that our first thing today to minister grace and peace to each other, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been, like you've purified yourself, you've said yes to the truth, you've received this family love, now exercise this sacrificial, love in action kind of love towards one another. Love each other deeply from the heart. And as we love one another deeply from the heart, it, we receive grace and peace from the Lord as encouragement and blessing for that kind of behavior. And we minister that grace and peace to those who are around us. So the first thing, if we're going to experience grace and peace together, is that we have to exercise this love that we've already been given. We exercise this love that we've already been given, ministering grace and peace to each other, loving each other deeply from the heart. Here's the second thing, to grow up in your salvation. If we move down to chapter 2, verse 1, I'm writing this letter. I'm going to, kind of, I'm going to take this backwards in, in how he writes it here, but just listen to these words. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So, so I love this idea of now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, pursue these other things. And, and we need people around us to remind us that of the goodness of the Lord. Uh, he's, he's talking about taste and eating, and so there's some diet kind of stuff, imagery that gets raised in this little section. And, and we have tasted that the Lord is good, but we don't always remember that the Lord is good. There are other things that are part of our life that in the moment, they seem good. They don't have good results. They don't bear good fruit in our lives. And that's why he tells us at the beginning here, therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like those things have to be, those things have to be moved out of our lives. And it takes all of us to do that with each other. These are, these are relational issues. These are, these are relational sins. You get malice, like bad blood with other people, deceit, lying, hypocrisy, putting up a, an image of who you aren't, envy, slander, those kinds of things. Those are relational sins. And, 
And the scriptures encourage us and command us to put that stuff aside because really what that is, is that's junk food for our lives. That's spiritual junk food in a lot of ways. But in the moment, these kinds of habits and these kinds of behaviors, they seem like they're good. They may make us feel good. Um, they, may, they may change the circumstances for, tilt them in our favor for a short period of time. But the truth is, this is, this is a, a negative sugar rush kind of thing. Um, when you've got this going on in your relationships, there's nothing healthy or good about that. And so to rid ourselves of that and to crave pure spiritual milk, which if you read in the context around all of this to grow up in our salvation, that pure spiritual milk is actually the Word of God. And this is, this is further obedience to the truth. Um, this truth that God has laid out for us of this is the way to live. This is the way to life. And so like newborn babies craving pure spiritual milk so that we can grow up in our salvation, reminding ourselves that, that we have tasted of the Lord and He is good. And we need each other. To remind each other that the Lord is good. His path is the one that leads to life. And it is together that we can grow up in our salvation. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm newer to Christ Community Church. I've been here, I think, seven months now. And one of the things that I was most excited about with our church is in all the work that you guys did in the survey section and answering the questions and all those things that you did. One of the things that you identified about yourself as a church is that you had a strong desire to, to own your own spiritual life and to grow up in your faith. And we don't take, we can't just take ownership of our spiritual life individually. We have to take ownership of it together and we have to watch out for each other. And it's not just something that I or the other pastors can watch out and make happen for you. This is something that, that we as a church body, we do for each other. We grow up in our salvation together. And so this is, this is another thing. If we're going to experience grace and truth, if we're going to experience grace and peace in our lives, we have to be obedient to the truth and we have to do that together as we grow up in our salvation. Okay, here's the third thing. And these third and fourth things may be a little confusing to some of you depending on your church and your spiritual background. I'm going to talk with you a little bit about, about priesthood and being a priest. So in chapter 2, verse 5, Peter writes to that first group of people and to us, the Apostle Peter. He says, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the third way that we experience grace and peace together is to be a holy priesthood. Okay, so what priests do, in in the Bible, what priests do is priests represent people to God, and they represent God to people. Now, in the New Testament, it talks about the priesthood of believers. That you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, we don't need a priest. We actually are a priest. And maybe a fuller statement of that is that you are a part of a priesthood. And this priesthood has a couple of functions. And this first function is you... We're a holy priesthood. And what we do is we offer spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. And this is really, this is an upward perspective in our priesthood where we are offering worship together to the Lord. And all of this is happening through Jesus. Apart from Jesus, we don't have access to the Father. Apart from Jesus, we don't have anything to offer Him from a, from a holy sacrifice kind of standpoint. Um, apart from Jesus, we, we don't have praise, worship, thanksgiving that is acceptable to God. And so through Jesus, we have this holy priesthood where we minister together to the Lord. So when we're gathered in church, and whether you're doing that in person or whether you're doing that online with a family and you're kind of singing and participating with the worship and, and articulating these things that are that are true, like that is that is we as a holy priesthood offering sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord. And so we have this, it's not just you're a priest, you're part of a priesthood that ministers to the Lord. He gets, he gets pleasure and glory from 
what you and I do and particularly what we do together when we offer spiritual sacrifices to him through Jesus. So we are a holy priesthood together. And then here's the fourth thing about grace and peace, experiencing that together, is to be a royal priesthood. In chapter 2, verse 9, we're told you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that, and this is, this is why, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And so we have been made to be not just a holy priesthood who ministers together to God, but we've also, we're a holy, a royal priesthood who, who declares the wonders of this God who has called us out of darkness into His light. We ha- it's a representative capacity. We represent God to the people who are around us. And I was just thinking, as I was thinking about this statement here, there's a statement that Jesus made that always comes to my mind. When he, when he looked at his followers and he said, let your light so shine before men that they would see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So we have this, we have this incredible privilege to be a royal priesthood declaring the praises of Him who called us out of darkness into His wonderful light. We take this light that He's called us into and that He has given to us, and we let that light shine in such a way that other people see our good deeds and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. And so I just I keep we we are a royal priesthood, and we have the opportunity to be light in the community around us. And that's one of the ways that we experience God's grace and peace. As we, as we declare His praises into the community around us, He ministers His grace and peace to us. And as we do that together, we're also ministering His grace and peace to each other. So we've got these four things, this love for each other, this growing up in our salvation, being a holy priesthood, and being a royal priesthood. And we do all of these things together, ministering the Lord's gift of grace and peace to the people who are around us. And so I just I want to offer you some real practical words of encouragement um, that I think will help us go where we want to, to go as a church, to help us receive what God wants to give us as we say yes to these important truths. And so what I would say to you is if, if you're not in a life group, I would encourage you to, to get into one or to start one. Um, if, you, if there's not a group of Christian people around you who are speaking words of encouragement, blessing, life, truth, hope into you, if, you, if you're not doing that for other Christian people, if there's not a group of you who are intentional about these kinds of things, you need those kinds of friendships because we, we experience God's grace and God's peace together. And so let me encourage you to either get into a life group or here's how you could start one. Marie and I have done this on a few occasions, and we don't do it because I'm a pastor. We do it because because we want to experience grace and peace together. And and one of the things I've learned as a pastor over a number of years is is it's harder to join an existing group for that to become something that you're hoping that is grace and peace. It's, It's harder to join one. It's easier to experience that if you start one. So to start one, this is what we've done. Um, invite a couple people you know and that you like and that you're willing to risk some vulnerability with so that you can make you can take your next spiritual steps. So a couple people that you know and like that you're willing to be a little bit vulnerable with and invite them to participate with this, with you in this. And tell them what you're trying to create. So invite them to participate with you. And if you have five or six people, you can get going. So if you know a couple people and then ask them, if they know a couple of people, once you get to, to five or six people, you can get going. And you're after four things. You're after knowing and loving each other. And you're after growing in your faith by engaging in God's word, saying yes to his truth. You're after honoring the Lord together, that idea of being a holy priesthood. And you're after serving others together. 
Like that's, that's the purpose of being together, and you don't have to do all four of those purposes every time you're together. But overall, like that's the big purpose of your group. And we have some serving days coming up. We've got spirit days. You've heard about it in emails, and maybe if you're needing a little more information about that, let me know this week. I'd be glad to get you some more information on how you can serve uh, as a group, how you could serve, or individual people, how you might be able to get connected. And so if you're, if you're not in a life group, if you don't have people around you where you're experiencing grace and peace. You got, you got to do that. Take that next step. And those of you who are already in a life group, let me encourage you to do a life group assessment. And just to ask the question, to sit in a room with each other and just be real honest, however you do that, over Zoom or whether you're meeting in person, and to ask yourself these questions. Do we love one another deeply from the heart? And these might be a little uncomfortable situations. You're going to see strings. You're going to see witnesses. Are we growing up in our salvation? Do we see spiritual growth as a result of being together? Are we honoring the Lord together? Is there, is there praise and thanksgiving and worship that we're giving to Him? And are we letting our collective light shine? Does our group serve together? And I would encourage you to have a real conversation about where you're strong and about where you're weak. Again, over my years of experience, not only of being in groups, but as a pastor, kind of helping lead group ministries, you probably got one, maybe two areas where you're really strong and another area where you're okay, you give yourself a passing grade, and then one area where you're just not doing it at all. And that's okay. You're just How do you build on those strengths and how do you shore up those weaknesses? And for those of you who lead life groups, let me encourage you to lead your life group in having that evaluation conversation. Because these times of great pressure, especially like we're experiencing today, we need each other. Separation, isolation, frustration with each other, the fighting, the arguing, all that stuff that's going on in our community. There's no grace. There's no peace in that. Grace and peace comes when we band together to love each other deeply, to let God's truth wash its way through our lives, to respond to that truth, honoring Him and serving others in Jesus' name, letting our light shine before people. And there is great peace. There is great grace when we come together. Grace and peace are ours in abundance. So I'd like to pray this for you. Would you please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of of Christian friendship, of spiritual friendship, a biblical community. I pray for myself, I pray for my friends, that that we would be spiritual friends for others that we would find them, that we would pursue them in our lives, that you would give us people who will be friends to us. I pray for Christ Community Church, that we would be known by our love for each other and our love for this community. May we lean into loving each other well and um, loving you by letting our light shine. And so Jesus, um, you have made all this possible for us. We're really grateful. Um, So we love you and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right, so I have a few questions um, for you that just for you to reflect on and to discuss. So let me share these with you real quick. And the first one is one of the what are one of the ways what's one of the ways you've been flexible or resilient during this season, especially as it relates to your spiritual well-being. And I just got to thank our staff and leadership for their flexibility and resilience. So I'm curious where you're seeing that in your own life, or maybe the life of somebody that you're talking with right now. Encourage each other with that. A second question, are you more inclined to say yes to the truth of God's word, or is this something that you're still wrestling with? It's kind of a chance to think through or talk through um, your willingness to let God's truth wash over your life. Third question, what do you think about being a member of a holy and royal priesthood? Are you comfortable with this? Are you confused by it? Are you hesitant? Are you eager? Um, Probably depends on your spiritual background. I don't know. But just what do you think about that? Every time I talk about this or hear it talked about it, it stirs some response. And so I think it'd be a good conversation. And the fourth is, do you have spiritual friends? And who are you a spiritual friend to? And what are your next steps as it relates to experiencing grace with others? And then this fifth one is, what do you think it looks like to grow up in your salvation? And are you intentional about doing your part in this? And what do you think your part is? And I hope those questions help you kind of listen to the Lord a little bit, listen to other people, and take some next steps towards experiencing God's grace and God's peace um, together. 
so that we can minister it to the people who are around us. It's been good to be with you. I hope you're having a great weekend, that you have a great week. Um, God bless you guys. I love you, and I'll see you next weekend. Thanks for joining us today. If you know of anyone's needs in our church or our community, please reach out to us as we want to help. You can either contact the church office or go to the service opportunity tool on our website. We'll work with you to figure out how CCC can help. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope that you have a great rest of your day. See you next time. Bye.